0: Today's conversation is with Leo Al-Halabi. Leo's a young entrepreneur and founder of LGT Digital, a Melbourne-based digital marketing agency. We talk about what it's like to start from zero, entrepreneurship and digital media in the current climate. So I uh, appreciate you jumping on there, Leo. Um, Thanks for having that, me on, man. Yeah, it's, it's uh, an interesting sort of time in the world. Um, how's, how's your week been so far?
1: Week's been fantastic. Really good.
0: Yeah, and yeah, really we, good, man. How's it all working for you? I guess working remotely for you guys as a digital marketing firm. I assume everything's pretty good. Just you're all remote.
1: Yeah, yeah. So essentially, like, the adjustment has been accepting the fact that we're going to have to work from 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 home. Um, where at the beginning, when things began to happen, I sent all the boys home and I said, "Look, let's let's get, let's up, jump on this early." So before they had done any restriction, before they had even announced stage one, I sent all the boys home, and I said, "Let's start developing our systems to work from home." Work from home, but we'll get back into the office. And so I sent them all home, and we started all working remotely. And then we went back into the office for one day, and then we packed our stuff and and went back. And um, it's been really interesting just how quickly life has changed. Um, the reason I say my week was really good this week is because. Um, I think it took, it took a few weeks ago for me to really start to accept the fact that we weren't going to be able to go back to our office, and our culture as a team is a big part of why I love running my business, is coming in and seeing my team, my staff members just uh, full of energy working. That's the, my favorite part about doing what, we, what, what I do and, and the business that I've built. And although we, our operations are still perfect, we're still delivering our services. Being a digital marketing agency, we're blessed that we can still operate remotely, so our wheels are still turning. Um, It has been a bit of an adjustment to accept the fact that we're not going to see each other every day and feed off each other's energy. And naturally, what has happened is a routine has been built over a year and a a year and a few months, and then that routine has routine has been completely disturbed by needing to work at home. So the first couple weeks was just making an adjustment, cleaning out the space um, you know, setting up a routine, waking up, going back to waking up at the times that I'm used to. It's very easy to wake up differently. Like I used to wake up much earlier so that I would get to the office, um, on time, but now my office is like downstairs. So, uh, I think this week has been really good because it's the first week I finally felt that my routine has went back to being disciplined. Um, I'm feeling really happy about my days and I've adjusted, I'm, I'm back to I'm back to feeling like myself again.
0: Yeah, like, I guess in your space, you'd be in a pretty positive position. That's on the assumption from the outside, I guess. A bit of perspective yeah. from my end. Um, I was a super small cog in a big wheel for a dine-in food app in New York City. And obviously, yeah. um, the dine-in aspect um, has uh, gone down the drain for a little. So um, it was... Yeah, yeah. It was basically watching over a period of time, uh, maybe a week, a week and a half when all the bars and, and that type of thing shut down, just watching a ship sink, like being on the Titanic. Yeah. But for you, I'd imagine it would have been the other way. Uh, you would have seen growth, um, people sort of, you know, redirecting funds or trying to optimise their, their funds and, and potentially reaching out to you guys.
1: It's an interesting assumption and theoretically speaking, it would be the correct way to think about it. As more people are restricted to their homes, they spend more time on social media and therefore digital marketing um, becomes more and more uh, a necessity. Whereas before, certain businesses looked at it as a luxury. So now we're moving to a time where digital marketing is necessary. So that restaurant that would rely on foot traffic now has to create ads to let uh, it, people within their vicinity know on social media, hey, we're actually open and available for takeaways and we actually helped a few um, and, and, I, and I gave advice to a few of my followers whose parents had restaurants and I said to them, I'm not going to charge you but run these run this ad create it in this way, you'll target people within the radius, let them know you're open and let me know what happens and then I've been receiving messages going, man, like this saved us like it literally, literally saved us so you are correct in the, making the assumption that now, more people are spending time on their phones. It's actually become cheaper to market because it's easier to get people's attention. Um, and a lot of these businesses that used to um, have a big budget on social media that have been forced to close down, that budget is reduced to zero because there's no point in marketing if you can't make sales. And so there's less competition. So for those who are advertising, it's much cheaper. Now, here's the thing. I think it actually depends on what kind of digital marketing agency you were, that, that's going to reflect how affected you were by COVID-19. As a digital marketing agency, our, the majority of the contracts we had in the businesses we were actually providing digital marketing services for were, digital, were service-based businesses. We had tons of contracts with, um, we had around six or seven gyms, right, that we had contracts with, laser clinics, uh, tattoo, tattoo parlors, um function venues right now when these businesses are forced to close down there is no marketing you can really do for them it's very difficult to convince them to put any money towards marketing because they can't close anything yes you can say to them market to your customers and 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 do a, a a deal that's like um you know claim at a later date but when everything is so up in the air and this is what makes the whole coronavirus situation very complicated is that everything is so up in the air, people don't know what's going to come next. My, my clients will say to me, yeah, I'll run this campaign, but how do I know we're going to be able to open in two months or in three months or in six months? We have no idea what's going to happen next. And as a result of that, we were impacted because those contracts all got put on hold. We haven't lost anyone. They've just been put on hold. But when contracts are put on hold, retainers are put on hold, which then affects our revenue. Yeah. So... What happened, though, is in the same time that these businesses began to suffer, there are clients of ours that boomed. And so what we had to do very quickly was go, all right, I've accepted this loss here. Let me focus on my attention on our clients that are booming and then begin to market to businesses that are current, currently fall under the boom bubble. So anyone who um, provides so provides a service that people can do at home, so people in the home workout space, right? Anyone who sells anything to do with home workouts, we have a client in that space, right? We have a client that sells. Um, we have a a um, a, uh, a client that sells Mother's Day, like not Mother's Day gifts, but it's Valentine's gifts, g- gifts that boyfriends would typically buy for their girlfriends. Now Mother's Day is coming up; they're going to do well because. I don't care if there's a virus, I'm still going to buy something from my mom, but I can't go to the store. So what am I going to do? I'm going to buy her something online. If I see an ad from a company that sells flowers or, or, or something she's going to like relating to Mother's Day, I'm now more inclined to make that purchase. Whereas previously, I would have went to a, an actual shopping center to buy her something. So these are the type of businesses that are going to boom. If we had our majority of our client base in these industries, we would have experienced the opposite. We would have really grown. But because as an agency, you can't ever predict this thing. Like who would have told, who would have told me that I would have got, there was going to be a virus that's going to force like, you know, like a recession I can predict. Recession I feel like we do well in because when people are cutting expenses, they're going to still need to market. And the type of marketing we do is very ROI focused. So, all right, even if you've made half of what you've made last month, if you still invest $1,000, we should be able to get you a positive return on investment. And that's our focus. So recession, I wasn't afraid of. It was, I couldn't even have predicted this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I guess to answer your question, um, there are digital marketing agencies out there that would would have boomed. Um, there are others that would have suffered, um, and we would. I think we f- fell into that middle category where we had a um, a big big chunk of our clients were forced to literally close their doors because of the lockdown restrictions. Luckily, we had. Clients that were booming, so we just changed focus and began marketing to new businesses, and and now we're just bringing back our retainers and and, you know recuperating our losses. But that's where we're at right now. All in all, we're in a blessed position. My staff is still going. We're all still operating. Um, I'm not forced. I can still deliver the services. My team can still deliver their services. So it's just going to take. We're just going to have to. We've just dipped a little bit, but we're on our way back up. Is essentially where we're at right now.
0: Yeah, well, like, obviously getting to this point has been a journey. Um, You've done multiple businesses along the way, you know, successes and failures up until sort of, what are we, April 2020, COVID-19. Where did all sort of, I guess, start um, in terms of the journey and and in terms of, I guess, we're both immigrants. um, We have, Mm. I guess, some intangibles that are really helpful for us in this type of scenario, just with dealing with setbacks, dealing with, uh, you know, negative aspects in life and having to sort of <laughs> always turn it into a positive and just work with what we've got. So, yeah, sure. how did it all start, mate?
1: Um, so it started when I uh, – it'd have, it have to start with probably my parents migrated here and I was born and raised here and I'm the eldest child. So growing up, I was always um, – I always kind of felt a responsibility. Like I wanted to look after my family, etc., et et cetera. Et cetera. When we were 10, we moved back to Syria. They sold everything here. And then we came back a year and a half later with nothing. And then I saw my parents really struggle financially. So growing up, I was really motivated to always do well. You just want to give back to your parents because, yes, they weren't doing well financially, but they were the most amazing parents ever. So then I studied really hard and I got into civil engineering and my goal was to work as an engineer make a whole bunch of money because I heard engineers get paid a lot.
0: Yeah.
1: Then while I was at uni, I realized that it was actually going to take me a long time to make money because engineers like get paid a base salary. Then the, then it depends on what company you work for, and then it's like your your salary has to build over time. Like it may take me five years before I'm making two hundred thousand a year or one hundred fifty thousand a year, and I'd be like thirty before I could do that. And I, I had immediate issues I needed to attend to for my my family's finances, so I started looking at avenues to make money um, in the meantime. And then, you know, I went through the normal journey. I looked up, how do you make money online? I read my articles. I watched my YouTube videos. Someone said, start an eBay store. So I did that. Someone said, buy and sell on Gumtree. So I did that. And then, you know, one thing led to another. I started, you know, educating myself. I would focus on personal development. I listened to all of Tony Robbins' content. I read books, Jim Rohn, um, Eric Thomas, um, all these like really fantastic personal development coaches. I, I went through that journey and then I started to discover myself more as a, as an entrepreneur. And then when I was 19, I would say I started my first business, which really um, was a, was a, was a proper one that did well. And it was a private tutoring agency. So in essence, I would contract private tutors who were university students and then parents would I'd market to parents who wanted a private tutor and I'd connect them from someone from my team. And then I would earn a commission from every single hour. So they could be tutoring every single week for the rest of the year. My, the effort that I had to put in was match them to market and match them. But and then if, the, if we're making, you know, for 30, 40% on that hourly rate, we're getting that every single week. Now that business, I was at uni and I had done it for around a year while I was still at uni and I, or six months, I can't remember like the actual timeframes, but it got to a point where I had 40 contracted tutors working for me while I was still at uni and I was earning like almost a full-time wage and life was getting better. Like naturally, like straight away, I'm like, shit, like I don't have to have a job. I'm like, I love business. I'm love-. And obviously it was a really like big struggle. Like I put myself in debt to do this. I, um, and this is something that I'll mention later with the whole debt situation. I had, I, I couldn't borrow money from my family. Didn't get money from parents, nothing. I had to self fund this entire thing. When I ran out of my own cash, which was like two grand in my bank account, From working part time for a few years, I then went to the banks and I got credit cards, I got personal loans, and I put myself in debt to get my business off the ground. And then it started making some money. And then I decided to defer a year and I deferred a whole year from university. And in that year, I convinced my parents to allow me to do that, which was tough. Um, I decided to go full time into business and and I slaved away 15, 16 hours a day. And then I got to a point where I started making pretty good money um, in the tutoring business but I was young and I was silly with my finances where I should have been paying off the debt that I had incurred. I started, you know, going out, partying, you know, spending money on food, the the standard thing that you would do. And then, then it hit me because the one thing about the tutoring space is that for four months in the year, you're making no money, particularly um, from November to around February, there's around 10 weeks there where, you're not making any money because students don't want to get tutored during school, during school holidays. Now, you, you may say there's parents out there that, you know, students who are really smart, they want to do tutoring. It's a very small percentage of them, right? Majority of the tutoring we do are for, for children that are struggling. And those children don't want to go and get ahead. and They don't want to study during the break. So I would spend my money and then I'd realize I'd go like three, four months without making anything. And my cash reserve would just get burnt through because my expenses were so high from spending so much, you know, and then that would happen. And I I didn't end up going back to uni. And then around 2019, um, 2018, I ended up um, just going, okay, I'm going to focus on doing other things. So I wrote a book. I started, uh, you know, I put together like a how to start a business course. I was just trying everything, man. Like, I'm like, my... My business began to struggle a little bit because I was focusing my attention on other things and it became more competitive and I wasn't giving it the same amount of attention so I started making less money. And then long story short, ended up starting a digital marketing agency towards the end of 2018. Um and that is what changed my life, that business. Because it has much more scalable potential. It's very results based and you know, for the tutoring, I'd have to make a thousand calls to make X amount, whereas in the digital, I just had to close 10 people to make the same amount. So digital, business, digital marketing has a, a higher earning potential if you're good with people. So I started the digital marketing agency in, in um, essentially January 2019, hired my first person the next month. And then by the end of the year, I had hired um, three people. Now we're a team of five. And then we were scaling, and we were growing so incredibly well. Um, you know, December was a great month. January was a fantastic month. February was like the biggest month ever. And then I bought I bought my dream car in um, Jan. Like I made a big dream come true. And over the years, I had accrued around twenty five to thirty thousand dollars in personal loan and credit card debt. And it was it was so painful emotionally and it was so stressful to walk around with so much debt even though i was growing and making money when the digital marketing agency started to do well i always said i would cure this debt over years and i'd pay it off in a few months like I, I was banking on the fact that i'd have my overnight success and i managed to do that i, I finished 2020 debt free so within like the space of three four months i managed to pay off um every single debt and loan that i had and that that was like a huge um, a huge like win for me. Yeah. And then life began began to get so so much better. And um, up until uh, I would say when coronavirus began to kick in, we were on a massive massive projection, and we're still on that. It's just that it's hit everyone. It's literally shaking everyone to their core. And the people who are going to get back on track are those that are going to go. Um, all right, what can I do and just, just keep on moving? So, my focus has been to keep on moving and I'm, I'm planning to bring the business back up and, 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 and smash that end of year goal that I still have. Now, to answer a point which you mentioned, you said because we're immigrants, we have something about us that makes us, that gives us an edge in dealing with certain situations like this. And I agree with you. And also, another thing which has helped me through this is because no matter how tough this whole coronavirus situation gets, it's not going to get as bad as me being $30,000 in debt and not paying myself a salary for six months because I went through that. That was tough. This shit, I ate for for breakfast. Like, this yeah. is easy for me. You know what I mean? Like, even if I lost my business, my, my entire business, I would still be in a better position than what I was when the economy was fine without a pandemic like a year ago. I yeah. would still be in a better position. So... This isn't stressful to me. I've had the opportunity of like going through really tough stresses where I'm like, I can handle this. And um, and I'm great. So I guess I'm grateful for it. But that pretty much summarizes my entire story.
0: Yeah, I um, I was just thinking as you were saying that I'm sitting in this hotel room, 14 days quarantine, super nice hotel room as well. And, yeah. and people are like, are you going crazy? And I'm like, I, I think to myself, no, not at all. Because you get your three meals a day. You don't have to cook. Um, you have nice place to to live in for 14 days. I think back to, uh, what, like three or four weeks ago in New York and I lived in a room with just a skylight, no window, literally just a skylight. So it's like mm. it could be so much worse than where, where I am right now. Um, yeah, 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 If you go back to when you started the digital marketing agency, why was it that? Like you would have obviously had a multiple idea. You would have had several ideas that you were thinking about. And why okay. was the skill set? Mm. Did you have like a skill set in digital marketing? Yeah. Um, to sort of, I guess, rapidly grow and then hire your first staff member?
1: Sure. I think that that's actually a great question because it's going to fill a gap in, which, which I probably should have addressed while I was planning it. And even though I talked for a while, there's a lot of things I left out because I didn't want to like drag, drag that whole story on, but it's a great question. So the reason why I started digital marketing is because you have to ask yourself, how did i how as a, as a 19, 20, 20 year old kid, did I even in the first place grow a business at that scale at my peak my tutoring agency had 450 tutors in melbourne sydney and brisbane and we had students across australia how how did i even manage to do that being young was it my connections i had no net contacts was it help from my family i didn't i didn't have the money to, to to be able to do that i was able to do that because i taught myself how to do digital marketing my business was ranking in the top positions for the these main city keywords melbourne tutors sydney tutors Brisbane tutors, Melbourne tutors, it's still ranking right now, I think top three. So I learned how to do SEO, which is search engine optimization. I saw what that brought to my business and I, I had to teach myself how to do that. The entire tutoring agency, um, LGT tutoring, if anyone wants to look it up, I built that entire website myself. So I developed a skill set of web development. Now, if, when I wanted to initially get students, I had to advertise on Google. So I tried Google AdWords. And I've spent like hundreds of hours studying that, developing campaigns, losing money, speaking with Google specialists to improve my campaigns. And I developed all this knowledge and then I was able to scale my business that way. And then I realized I was getting all this traffic to my website. I wanted to retarget people. So I taught myself how to do targeted social media campaigns. So Facebook marketing, and and you know what's funny? When I was doing this, I didn't know I was developing a skill. That's the best part. I didn't know I was developing a skill that anyone would be willing to pay me for. <clears throat> and the, literally the way it happened was I was just researching more SEO tips. I stumbled across someone who had a video, like, and I thought it was quite cool. It was like a 30 minute video. And this was like around um, July in 2018. And I was watching the video and, I'm, and then his vi- next video suggestion was how I make $20,000 a month running a marketing agency. I didn't even know he ran a marketing agency. I just thought he was giving a video on SEO advice. And then I had seen it a few times. I didn't click on it. I finally clicked on it. And then he explained it. And I went, wow, I know how to do all these things. I know how to build a website. I know how to do SEO. I know how to do social media marketing. And I had no idea that if you offer this for a business, you can make them so much money that they'd be willing to pay you thousands of dollars a month in a retainer. All right? So my mentality was simple. If I can get two grand a month from a business to to run these social media campaigns and make them 20, well, what if I can get 10 businesses? I'm making 20 grand a month. That's so much easier than trying to get like a thousand students a month. A thousand students a month is a thousand parents I have to speak to. It's it, 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 To me, it was like a no-brainer. And then I literally just started reaching out to, you know, a few businesses. I did, um, a couple of websites for free, one main website took me around 100 hours to do. That website led to a contract and then I got the ball rolling from there. And I created a lot of content. So I would create content giving advice about SEO for free. And then from that content, I was able to get a few contracts which got me started. So it literally, the reason why I did it was, number one, it looked like a great business opportunity. Number two, I had already developed these skill sets. I had proven results in my own business. So every business I went to, I was like, well, look, here's what I've done for my own business. Here's what I've done for my own business. Um, and, uh, and of course, naturally, I, I am good with people and I'm good with selling. So it just worked well. I just, I just really related and I could come to these business owners and be like, yeah, I know I own a business and this is what I did to grow it. And they'd go, well, this is a no brainer. So um, yeah, that's that's how I got into digital marketing.
0: And then um, when you started hiring staff members, that obviously would have been pretty scary for yourself. Um, how did you find staff that actually trusted you and sort of, you know, embrace that? Hey, it's a long-term mm-hmm. game. Stay with me. You may not be hired full time. You may be hired part time or hourly. I'm not sure how you, you structured. That's actually
1: how that's how it started. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, how did you find people that sort of believe in, I guess the vision and, you know, on the back end, maybe, you know, this time next year, the fruits of the labor will be sort of evidently seen.
1: It's funny because that's exactly like, that was the exact conversation that, that happened. So the way, the way I I thought about it was, so just first and foremost, I think what holds many business owners back is this mental block they have from paying someone a, a staff member and giving their salary away. To give you a perspective, when I hired my first staff member, I gave him all my money. So I was earning a zero salary. I gave it all to him. Um, I gave it all to him minus what I had to pay for rent. So those are my two main expenses. I'm like, that to me just comes naturally. I get it. Like, of course, I have to pay him. So he can take all these tasks so I can go out there and actually close deals. And then, you know, to me, it makes sense. Okay, I'll pay my staff member this much. I'll free my time up. I'll close more deals. My retainer's now this much. I'm now making the profit difference. And then I'll hire another staff member to take up more tasks or to help this person so that I can take on more clients. And now I'm earning more of a retainer. I I never had that mental issue. I was willing to give all my money away. Because I understood scale, and I understood I had to do this in order to get here. Whereas other business owners, and even in the digital marketing space, they'll get to a point where they've got eight thousand or ten thousand dollars in retainers, and they'll be stuck there. They can't get past that. They can't get past making eight grand a month because they're like, "Well, I'm going to give five to someone else, or four to someone else, or three to someone else." Like, no, mate, you're giving three or four to someone else, so you can go and get another ten. Like, to me, I, first and foremost, I understood the value of that. How I found staff that, that I got along with, number one, I, I had um, really, really focused on my own personal branding. So I post content every single day. When I was looking for a staff member, I posted on my social media and a few people inquired. I interviewed them and I just went off who I thought from my gut was, was the best fit. Interviewing people from my social media, if they're following me, I know in some shape, some shape, some way, shape, or form they're motivated. So I didn't know um, Waleed, who was the first person I employed who's still with me to this day. I didn't know him. I tried him out. I, I listened to, to my, my gut feeling and my gut feeling told me, this guy's a superstar. Um, he, he's going to be loyal and I can trust him. Some people have not had um, luck this good. You just have to what do they say, um, hire slowly but fire quickly or something like that. Yep. If, if I had seen that Waleed wasn't good, I would have let him go and I would have went to my next person. Mm-hmm. And I want, I want business owners to know that just like, every business owner when they hire someone or they wanna hire someone always thinks that never, if, they let, if that person leaves, they're never gonna find anyone as good as them. But you will, you will. So my mentality was okay if it doesn't work out I'll just hire someone else. And I think maybe I just I, I don't know. I don't like using the word lucky but I feel really blessed because every person I've hired has been perfect the first time. I've I've never I haven't hired someone I've had to let go yet. Yeah,
0: so it's w- like Waleed, serendipity. Sorry? It's like serendipity.
1: Yeah, like it's it's been it's been a I've had a good luck of the draw but at the same time like I only have like four staff members. So it's not like I've hired 30 for me to start having these problems. And we were on track to, towards the end of the year to have a team of around 10 to 15. And I know by that point, it would have got to a stage where I'm like, oh, you know, you start having issues with staff. And then, so go off your gut. Um, have honest conversations. I told Waleed when he first started, look, I'm going to have to start you off here. I'm, I don't want anyone to work for me. Like, if you're here just to work, I know it sounds like a bad thing to say, but it's just to get the right mentality. Like, I'm going to go above and beyond for you and I, and I would appreciate the same in return. And I promise you, I will not forget about you when things start going well. So Alib well, would do extra hours. I wouldn't ask him to. He would just do it. Yeah. It'd be like five o'clock or he'd stay till seven. I'm like, bro, five o'clock, bro. You should go. No, no, no. It's all right, bro. Let, let's finish this. And the, that, he, he got the fruits of his labor down the track because of what happened. Like, Obviously, it's between me and him, but I don't forget anyone who sticks by me. Yeah. So, yeah, it worked out. And just talk- be honest with them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You talk about like content and how that's helped you along the way. Um, obviously, Instagram, um, Facebook, in some capacity, I guess, as well. Mm-hmm. You look at, I guess, people look at influencers right now and, and, posting up stories or, or post doing their own posts and it looks like a lot of effort. Um, I guess for yourself, having to sort of post for yourself and really make that content, how, I guess, how time consuming was it taking away from your business or, or uh, focusing on your business or did you, you know, people talk about documenting rather than creating, I guess. Um, how did, how did you frame it for yourself?
1: I definitely took that approach. I I focused on documenting over creating and what naturally happens is uh, the more you begin to grow, it becomes easier to actually create content because when I was working at home, I, it's the small things that hold you back. Like I'm about to make this story, but everyone's going to know I work from home from my little like office space and my background looks shit. And you know what I mean? Uh, I'd love to be in an office. And then like, I got to an office and it became easier to create content because wherever I, I am, I've got a great backdrop. Like high, it's, it's a high-end, Like I'm in a, I'm an office space, there's other businesses around, Like energy's pumping. But I think the first thing you need to do before you start creating social content on social media is accept the reality of a few things. Number one, when you start, you're not going to be good at it and you may lose consistency. The focus should be to stay self-aware. When you lose consistency, to assess why you did and then pick yourself up and, 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 and try again. That's number one. Number two, people are going to judge you. It's only hard at the beginning. When I first started posting on social media, I posted from my, my, my normal Instagram account. I didn't create a new one. So the people who followed me were my friends. They're not following me to learn about entrepreneurship. They're following me because of Leo. So creating content for them was very difficult because naturally a few of them were like, bro, what are you doing? All right, bro, we get it. Or, you know, you know people, and then, and then you start to discover those who were, Really, like mean or negative, yeah, yeah, right?
0: Banter and that type of thing with your make it, it, It's the, the
1: banter. The banter is very. You have to be very careful with banter because if you make fun, if you give, if you've got a mate who's posting on social media, yeah, like um, I used to so, say, like, yeah, if, if any of my mates would make fun of me and be like, uh, you know, take out their phone while I'm with them and be like, um, uh, yeah, Yo guys, you have to succeed. This, that, right? Like, make fun of me. Yeah. I'd laugh yeah. but I wouldn't forget it. Yeah. It, it it makes me a bit it would make me a bit insecure so yeah. if anyone's watching this that has friends doing it yeah. don't, don't give the banter especially if you and I, and I know they support because these people still support me till today yeah. but I can't say it didn't stop me from making a video or, or posting up a story because I know they're going to see it Yeah, but here's the thing it's only difficult at the beginning as time goes on those people that you don't want watching your stories. They'll leave because they'll unfollow you or you'll fall out with them or you'll block them. And you've got to make these decisions and make them quick. Um, number two, the followers are going to come, right, are going to come for your new content. So it becomes easier to create content for them. When I had 300 followers, it was difficult. But then I had 600 and now I had 300 people who now follow me because. They know what they're signing up to. And then I had 1,000 followers. So now it was only 300 that were my mates. But now I had an overwhelming audience that really wanted to listen to my shit. And then when I got thousands, it became normal. Like no one can say anything to me because I'm not creating content for you, bro. I'm creating, creating content for these other three or 4,000
0: people. Yep. And okay? have, you, have you had times – like I know right now you switched off the socials for a little – Um, Have you had other times that you've done that and and what's your reasoning behind it? Is it just to sort of focus in, hone in on the business?
1: So I think I make decisions quickly Mm -hmm. and I've come to understand like, all right, let's say there's something on your mind you're thinking you should be doing, but you you haven't gotten to it yet. Like you're procrastinating from doing it, right? Everyone has this thing that comes to their mind. They know they should be doing it, but they're just kind of putting it off. For me, what I've trained myself to do is if I know this is going to linger, I'm going to get off it. I'm going to cancel it. I'm going to, get, I'm going to attend to it. I'm going to get it done because I don't want baggage. I want to go through my days feeling stress-free, right? The reason why I logged off social media is, number one, because I started to feel like I started to feel that every time I logged on, there, was, there wasn't a single story or a post or a DM that I had that wasn't in relation to something negative about coronavirus. Yeah. So right off the bat, every time I log into social media, I'm having an unpleasant experience. And a few times I would go on and be like, I, I knew that I wasn't enjoying this and I knew that it was making me feel a bit negative, but I would just put it off. So then I just made the decision to get off it. And 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 go cold turkey. So that was the first the first reason why I got off social media was because everyone's story was about it, and it wasn't positive things. Like if it was like, hey, you guys should do. It was like negative shit. It was, and I wasn't enjoying it, right? So coronavirus, every post, every DMs, and the thing is, right now, if I post a story, and I get replies, and I post another story, and I get replies. I'm not sitting there responding to DMs all the time because I'm working on my business. So at the end of the day, I'll literally scroll through my DMs. I'll scroll down. It'll pause. I'll be like, all right, that's the last person. And then I'll try to like respond to everyone. And then I'll wait for a second and then like a whole bunch of other DMs show that I didn't even notice. And then like, I have like 50, 60 people I've got to respond to and they're not positive conversations. No one hating. It's just that it's like, I'll post a story about a grant and then someone will ask me a question. They could have asked Google. Yeah. You know, like, um, can you send me the link bro? If if you typed in, if you looked at the story the link is there, just type it into your browser. Like you want me to go on my safari, type it in for you, copy and paste and send it to you. And I, I, and it was when, when small stuff like that begins to bother you because it's never bothered me before. I will go above and beyond for my followers. I never let leave. I barely leave anyone unread, right? Unless they're being silly. Like I will go out of my way to like help people send voice messages. When I started to get frustrated about small things like that, I knew that I was personally in the negative mindset and I was going to start being rude to people. Like Google search that shit. I was about to just be like, bro, Google search it. Yeah. And, and when I found myself starting to get there, because we're all human, I'm like, all right, you're not yourself. You need to separate yourself from this. And in, and, and during the time that I separated and actually established clarity, I wasn't waking up during the times I usually wake up because my routine was thrown off because I had to move into my home. My training stopped because I had a different routine when I was working in my office. So my training stopped. I started to eat unhealthy. I would start to procrastinate during my day. And I realized all these things that I had issues. And so I said, you know what, during this time off social media, I'm getting away from the negative negativity. And I'm going to, Go back to reestablishing myself. So I started running again. I started waking up early. I started sleeping early. I started doing diary like diary entries. I started meditating again. I start, and I just I literally just started working on on getting myself back to who I know myself to be. So that when I go back to social media, I come back positive and I don't I don't have any frustration to people's DMs or because at the end of the day, like I get it in hindsight, like you just want to ask me quickly maybe I have the link I'll send it to you or you know I, I, I can't judge for people for not being as resourceful as me because for me before I ask someone a question I'll go and do research first whereas not everyone has that habit established and maybe in hindsight when I was 18 and you know three you know fucking six years younger I would have like responded and be like hey can you please send me the link because I'm not used to doing my own research like, so that's the reason why I disconnected, and it was a great decision. And all in all, I've created content daily, daily for over a year, and I haven't taken a single day off. And regardless of whether this was happening or not, a detox was due at some point to kind of reestablish, get my mindset right. And it's real. Social media can be a bit, cons- bit like consuming. So that was yeah, pretty much the the, the whole situation explained
0: i think i could probably chew your ear off for another hour or so but we'll have to leave it at, at that now um i know you've got to run off mate um is there anything you sort of just want to yeah. i guess leave on here any socials uh, where people can reach you? obviously you're not on socials at the moment but um if i'll know, be back soon if yeah probably by the time
1: this podcast comes
0: out yeah or like your website if, if people have any interest on in hitting you up sure
1: yeah so my instagram is at Leo Hullaby. um website lgtdigital.com.au if there are any businesses that want to talk about digital marketing, you could reach us through there or through our Instagram at, l- at lgtdigital. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's that's pretty much the, the, that's pretty much where you can find me. And t- and TikTok as well.
0: Oh, you're on there? Okay, I'll have to yeah. have a look, back. Funny,
1: man, I jumped on TikTok. I've worked so hard on my Instagram over years and I'm at like 4,000 followers now. On TikTok, I jump on and I post a video that goes viral. It gets one point four five million views and I'm at like 15,000 followers. <laughs> I'm like, That's what that the hell? hell? Like, but TikTok's different, TikTok's yeah. algorithm. I actually really like TikTok's algorithm, but, um, but yeah. Yeah,
0: it's, uh, it's, all, it's a bit fun two. now with everyone locked in. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah cheers, sure. mate. Um, I'll leave you to it. Thank you for having me on, man. Appreciate it, mate.